Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to episode 22 of the Coffee Telegraph podcast, While We Sing Together. I'm joined by student and Sky Blues fan Simon Thompson to discuss the January transfer window so far. Hi, Simon. Hello. Uh, Mark Robbins has drafted in just two players so far, Brighton winger Jordan Maguire-Drew and Reading forward Josh Barrett. Um, I think you've seen Maguire-Drew, haven't you, Simon? You saw him against, um, against Stoke in the FA Cup game. What, did, uh, what were your first impressions? Uh, I thought he, thought he made a good performance. Obviously, he's been injury-hampered in the first half of the season at Lincoln. Um, but from what I've read, he made made a good impression there. Um, then obviously, he only played an hour against Stoke due to the injury concerns. Um, but yeah, I thought he looked quite good on the ball, good down the wing. So I think that's something we need in League Two because we've been lacking that in the first half of the season, especially after Joji Jones has gone out injured. Mm. Um, so I think I think all in all, that's quite a good quite a good option Robbins has now. Um, and then also backed up by Barrett coming in at Reading, who's mm. impressed quite well in the under-23s, I've heard. Yeah. I haven't seen him play yet. And then obviously he's, he's starting to make signs by being on the bench um, the last couple of weeks. So I think all in all, he'll also be quite a good option Robin, that Robbins has. Yeah, I mean, Barrett, he certainly looks uh, an exciting prospect. Um, to be honest, I, it's funny because he, he came on for the last sort of um, 13 or 14 minutes at Exeter, where it was difficult for him to make an impression really I think he played one decent ball down the line for somebody um, um, but it was, so it was difficult to make an impression sort of that late on in the game that they were sort of, uh, sort of struggling to get back into and, um, but um, he's got a hat-trick against Crystal Palace in the 23s the following Monday and to be honest I thought uh, he was including the squad on Saturday against Swindon and I thought he was bolt on to start or at least play a part come off the bench or something um, having scored his um, his three goals, but um, yeah, it looks like Robbins is going to be patient with him. Um, he said um, Barrett said after the twenty threes game that he's only eighty percent fit, so that's a big factor really, and it's the same with Maguire Drew really because um, he's only sort of played just over the hour or something in the three games that he's played <coughs> so far. Um, so they're both sort of still getting up to speed and sort of playing catch up really, but. Um, um, but you know, while City is still winning, I suppose we, Robbins has got that sort of luxury, hasn't he, to sort of bed them in gently. Exactly, and I think I think Robbins also wants to be probably quite cautious, especially having seen people like Jody Jones go injured. He doesn't want to doesn't want to risk too many people and have uh, no opportunity after January to bring in any more players. Yeah. So I think I think he's probably going to be quite careful there. Yeah. Um, so that's something for him to bear in mind. Um, but I, I, I certainly have been impressed by Maguire, Drew. I think he certainly is a good addition. Yeah, and I mean the thing that impressed me, I mean, he, he sort of he's playing some good balls into the forwards, and he did really well on on Saturday because he, he sort of set the ball up for um, Max Biamo's wonderful um, Regis-esque first, <laughs> um, first goal, uh, league goal of the season. So um, you know that's. Uh, uh, he certainly uh, has made a good impression as far as I'm concerned, but uh, I think there's plenty more to come from him. Um, but yeah, I mean, potentially, um, you know, very good additions. Um, but the one sort of area that Robbins admits he's looking for is a new number nine. 
Um, I don't know whether you saw the interview, but you spoke after the Exeter defeat um, last week and said um, basically that um, uh, that was after Max Bielma had, had missed a, a golden opportunity in front of goal. Um, and uh, he sort of stressed the need for a new number nine to come in and compete with him. Um, somebody who could come in who's got a bit of nous and can get goals. Um, because, you know, he'd obviously his patience was wearing thin or yeah. has been wearing thin with, with Bianco, um, who he said at the time was sort of carrying the weight of his shoulder, uh, of the world on his shoulders but um, I mean perhaps those words did the trick with Bianco, you know because obviously next game he, he scored the world he certainly did yeah I think I think I, I, I'm quite um, reluctant to criticise Biama at the moment I would say I think although he's not really scoring goals which necessarily is what you expect from a striker I think him and McNulty have complemented each other quite well especially yeah. now McNulty started scoring goals um, but Biama seems to be there more as, as the hold up player for McNulty um, to make the runs onto mm. and I think in that way they, they work quite well together and it's not necessarily about scoring goals despite that's what the fans want to see and mm. hence the amount of stick he's been getting from them yeah. Um, but obviously, as you say, Robin's. It might be. It might be quite quite good to get some competition in, um, and then you might see him more hungry to score goals and get in the areas that need 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 finishing. Mm. Um, so I think maybe a number nine might be quite handy in that in that sense. And I think you know, Robin's is clearly looking for a bit of experience, which you know can go a long way, particularly in the second half of the season when they're sort of you know, pushing for this sort of. Playoff places or automatic promotion, whatever. So, you know, I think that's important to have those experienced heads because it is quite a young side, you know, aside from the likes of, of, of Doyler. Um, so it's, it's good to have that those sort of leaders in the dressing room as well. And, and as you say, to push Max Biarmo all the way. And I, I do agree. I think Biarmo's done a cracking job, but you still expect more goals, you know. And you know, it, it, you know, the longer it goes on, the the, the more you think, well, you know, does he need a rest? And perhaps just taking out the firing line a little bit. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens this week, whether that goal against Swindon really sort of um, uh, gives him that, that sort of impetus, really, to sort of kick on and, and get more. It was interesting, actually, because um, it was funny on Saturday when Mark McNaughty won the penalty shortly after he'd scored his goal. Yeah. Bjarman was desperate to take the penalty. And... <laughs> I don't think I could have looked if you <laughs> grabbed the ball and take, put yeah. it on the spot. I think I think the whole of the Rico would have done the same as you doing this. But I mean, you wouldn't want to bet your mortgage on it on him scoring, would you, from the penalty spot? But uh, so I'm glad McNulty didn't let him have it. Um, <laughs> but that's interesting. But anyway, um, so Robbins has missed out on two um, last week and this week, so we believe. And bearing in mind the window shuts next Wednesday, so his time's running out. Really, I mean. Um, I spoke to Robbins at the weekend and he admitted that there was something in the link with Northampton Town's Mark Richards who opted to join Swindon instead and incidentally was on the bench on Saturday and got on in the second half and, which made the, the victory all the sweeter yeah. for me yeah. <laughs> to be honest Imagine, yeah. but I mean I think you know when you, when you look at the two sides you think Swindon against Coventry and you wouldn't think there'd be a great deal in it um, you know although Coventry's got the sort of the, the Arguably the richer history and all that sort of stuff, and you know, um, but I, I do suspect that Swindon, because they're financially better off, that they sort of won the battle to get in, really, because I'm sure they can offer offer higher wages. Yeah. So I think that's probably you know a factor which Coventry are going to have to sort of 
face really this in this window. I think I think they've probably suffered with that problem for not for the first time in this window to be honest because. You look at the players that we brought in. There's not not much money spent on them, and you consistently heard, certainly under Robbins and under Mowbray beforehand, that the way wage wage bill was also an issue of having to try and balance which type of players they brought in, mm. along with how much how much they require to play. So um, I think that's always a constant battle, certainly in the current climate with the football club. So yeah. um, it's difficult in that sense, but. Um, Obviously, there's, there's a few options out there. I, I, I guess Robbins could also look into who's a free agent. About I'm sure there's one or two strikers who have proven goal striking records at this at this level. So um, I'm I'm sure he he's got a few ideas in his mind for the next week or so to try and get someone in. Yeah, well, I mean, he's had another setback this week. If we if reports are to believe, uh, be believed, because um, he was looking at Craig Davies. Um, I mean, I asked him about that on Saturday after the game, and he didn't deny it. Um, so, uh, and then it's since come out on Monday that um, the old centre forward um, uh, apparently doesn't fancy a move to Coventry, um, and it was reported that Coventry had made a, a good offer for him and offered him decent wages. Um, but uh, so it looks like that one's sort of fallen flat, which is which is a shame really, because I mean he's scored, he's thirty-two, so he's in fact better better age than Mark Richards. Um, and he scored 13 goals in a struggling side, League One side. So, um, which is not a bad return for that. So you'd imagine he'd, he'd done okay, um, certainly dropping down the level, and in a side that's doing quite well. Um, but I do think it's it's difficult to find, you know, a decent striker um, at this time of year. I mean, because if they take somebody who's not been a club, it's like I, I know he's not a striker, but. Um, an example of a, a free agent is Frank Musa, who's this week, what today I think he joined Gillingham, didn't he? Yeah. Been training with them. But, you know, he hasn't played any games all, all he's, season. He's been a free agent since he left Warsaw at the end of last season. Yeah. So, so you know, it's going to take him at least six weeks, you would think, to get up to speed, to get his fitness on. And, you know, when he was at Warsaw, I thought he'd put on a bit of weight. I thought he, he looked, I think he's. His legs and his backside—he looked a lot heavier than he did when he was at Coventry. When he was in his sort of, in his in, at his best, really, his, yeah. his career best when he was at Coventry. Um, and he's still only twenty-eight, isn't he? Yes, I think he's only he's twenty-eight. Still, yeah. yeah. So you know, Gillingham might have picked up Frank Musa, but you know, what is Frank Musa the same player that he was back in the day? You know, I, I, I suspect not. Certainly not after play, you know, having not played all those games, but. Um, of course, the other one we got to look forward to possibly is um, Carl Baker. Exactly. He's not started training yet because um, he's still working back to fitness from his um, Achilles problem. Yeah, and I mean he's he's well, he was he's been playing out in India, but he's as you say he's picked up an injury. So I, well, from what I've heard though, he started quite brightly out there. He's playing under Teddy Sheringham in for. Um, ATK, ATK, yeah, that's right. So I heard he, I heard he'd done all right, and I think certainly from what I've read on social media, Coventry fans would certainly welcome him back because he's a bit yeah. of a club legend around here. So, yeah. well, I spoke to him last week, and he's, he's desperate to come back. Um, but um, so he's, he's getting treatment at Ryton, um, and sort of still, he was about a week or two away from sort of starting running again. Um, but you know, I can't help thinking that you know because obviously they can take him because he's a free agent they can take him outside of the transfer window so it doesn't matter yeah. next week they can still get him after next Wednesday um, but I can't help thinking that 
he will get himself fit. And even if he's a bit part player, you know, just a, as an impact player off the bench, yeah. you know, he could, he, you know, he could be worth his weight in gold, you know, in the final running. Well, and I certainly remember that when he first sort of came to Coventry, that he, he. Uh, he, he was a very, but the fans were very critical of him before he actually found his his, his rich vein of form, mm. made it to club captain, etc. Before he fell out of favour with Presley, so I, 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 he was a bit hit and miss to start with. So I think it potentially the injury concerns could be a problem, but I, I know for sure he would be welcomed back. I'm sure he's also looking forward to the game on Saturday. People I've seen see on social media claiming at the Carl Baker Derby against MK Dons in the <laughs> FA Cup, but. Um, so might, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm sure you'll be looking forward to that one. Yeah, you, might, you might go because yeah, <laughs> not that far away. But, uh, but there, there is a, a bit of exciting news this week because um, it's emerged that, um, uh, that a young lad who's just turned twenty from Stratford Town, um, a young trialist uh, Ben Stevens, while well, he's joining Coventry on trial this week, back end of this week, Thursday and Friday, and um, I'm told by his manager Carl Adams, um, who's a lovely chap by the way, a really nice guy. Um, and speaks very highly of him. Um, you know, the plan is that he trains um, Thursday and Friday, and then will play. If it all goes well, the plan is that he, he may play for the 23s against Cardiff City on Monday. Um, and Jason Farnham, I'm sure Mark Robbins will be there at Alan Hicks Centre to to run the rule over him. But um, but no, he, he certainly looks. Like, like a, a good prospect um, 17 goals in 24-25 appearances this season um, which is not a bad return is it? It's not a bad track record at all I think obviously if he was to make the step up to Coventry it would be a, a big step up and I'm sure he'd have to take a lot of time to adapt but for certainly a young talent young promising talent local lad I'm sure sure he'll be hungry to, to relish the opportunity in a higher league certainly mm. in the professional leagues anyway so Maybe taking a hit on him wouldn't be wouldn't be such a bad idea. I mean, the, the great thing is, I mean, he's he's not on a contract, and his manager was telling me that um, he's available on free. He said that he was on a contract last season, but this season Stratford haven't gone down the contract route with any of their players. I don't think so. Um, so in a way, Coventry's got nothing to lose really, and um, you know, even if he was one for the future, you know, if he just came in and sort of you know had a look look at him and. And put him in the development squad for a while and see see how he got on. Um, you know they probably wouldn't you know have much to lose on him. But uh, it's really interesting because the thing I love about stories like this is that you know I, I spoke to Carl Adams yesterday. I just rang Stratford Town and got through to. There's just one bloke at the club picks up the phone. I explain who I am and I said, "There's any chance I could speak to." Carl Adam basis. Yeah, he's his mobile. It just gives me his mobile straight away. So I ring him on. Oh, I, I, yeah, and he's chatting away there. More than happy to talk, you know, because uh, it, it's just really nice. And he just gave me so much colour about um, about this lad. Um, and he was really talking him up, and it was funny because he said to me at the time, he says, "Oh, it sounds like a, um, it sounds like he's, he, I'm talking about Messi here," you know, because. He, in his eyes, at that level, yeah. at you know, non-league level, he, he is that good, you know, um, and he sounds like a real character because he's got a bit of a nasty streak about him as well, um, and it's interesting that he's been converted from a midfielder to um, a striker, um, and he's just sort of, as the manager says, he's sort of um, taking it to like a duck to water, really. But um, so it'd be interesting to see how that goes, really. Now, in terms of outgoings, um, as of the weekend, when I spoke to Robbins after the match, um, 
No bids or inquiries as of yet. Um, do you expect anyone to leave? Well, I've, I've certainly seen that there's a few rumours flying about that um, there's been interest in the likes of Ben Stevenson um, and also Kyle Reid could potentially um, be on his way back to Colchester United in a more permanent deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those two potentially have more um, more weight in them than anything else you read on the internet. Um and they, I mean, Carl Reed obviously is, he's been out on loan at Colchester in the first half of the season, um, and is it, if he's expected to go back, it'll be interesting because we have Colchester in a couple of weeks away, um, mm. and I'm sure he'll be hungry to show what Robins potentially missed out on, especially after doing so well in that Checker Trade Trophy final last year at Wembley. Yeah, um, but one one game, every, one, one decent <laughs> game every every month is not good enough in my book. But <laughs> it, it'd be interesting because um, obviously as part of the loan agreement. Um, earlier in the season he wasn't allowed to play against Coventry when they came to the Rico so if he does go back and it's not a load it's a permanent then it'll be good because then he can play against Coventry which uh, which I quite look forward to to be honest but um, I mean I, I it just leaves me speechless sometimes because you know, you're left scratching your head thinking there's a player that played against Coventry so many times with Bradford or um, mainly Bradford and was just like a, looked like like a world beat, and you think you know you'd love to have him in your side, and he came to Coventry, and he just didn't do it for me. I'm, I'm afraid, but I mean, I think the reason he hasn't gone before now is because obviously he got himself sent off in his last match for Colchester, and he's now serving a three-match ban. That ban ends on Saturday when Colchester go to Port Vale. Um, so obviously, John McGreal, the manager of Colchester boss, won't have wanted to pay his wages while he was banned. So obviously he's waiting till Monday um, to to get him back, and they've exchanged texts um, according to the Colchester Gazette, um, who quoted McGreal as saying, you know, that they've kept in touch. Um, so I expect him to sort of go there early next week, really. Um, but uh, you know, and I don't think I think most fans won't uh, won't miss him. No, I don't think they will miss him particularly, and I think also that might be quite a good move for Robbins in the sense that if he was at Coventry he probably wouldn't be playing that much and it frees up a bit of money on the wage bill to potentially bring someone in at the end of next week um, as a replacement yeah I mean he clearly didn't figure in um, Robbins plans because if he did I think Robbins would have um, made more of an effort to to involve him Um, but Ben Stevenson's another interesting one because he's been linked with Wigan this week Uh, now if we backpedal to this time last year he was the subject of at least two bits from Brentford, if you remember. Um, Championship Brentford, who, who made, I think it was the first bid was somewhere in the region of 500,000, then they came back with 750. Um, and he didn't go in the end. Um, so, and he sort of, uh, he, his development has gone backwards a little bit. I'm not saying the player's gone backwards, but the, his, his progress has been stunted a little bit because of injury and other people ahead of him obviously Liam Kelly came in the summer and then the emergence of Tom Bayliss mm. who's played six or eight games and broken, broken now um, you know is that sort of pushed Ben sort of further down the pecking order I suppose um, and with Liam Kelly fit again um, although he's not been involved yet but he's back training you know with Liam Kelly and Tom Bayliss both ahead of him, you'd think that 
you know, it's going to be difficult for for Stevenson to get back in the side at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Although on the Bayless point, I know Robbins in the past has been keen to say that although he wants to give the youngsters a go, that, that he doesn't want to overwork them and doesn't want to run them into the ground in their early stages of development. So, I mean, there could potentially be hope for Stevenson in the sense that if Bayless starts to feel a bit fatigued, etc., because he can't keep up with the pace of the league and the physicality of the league, because at the end of the day, he's only he's only a young lad, and mm. again, there's some there's some big lads in League Two that you know can can rough you up pretty well. So I think Stevenson has a bit more experience. He's played at League One a higher level. He, he he's had a, another year on on Bayless, so that there could be could be a room there potentially. But I mean. Uh, if Wigan are interested, then I'm sure that will be quite an attractive offer to Ben to go there and mm. playing in a high league, potentially in the championship next year as mm. well. So uh, that could be quite a move, quite a good move for Ben. I mean, I, I do like Ben as a player, and I think um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him stay. But I just, I just wonder with his pathway being sort of blocked at the moment. Um, I just wonder whether you know it might be from a business sort of point of view it might be the right time just to, to cash in it depends on the money I suppose I mean Robbins did say to me on Saturday that um, you know that if the right deal came in not for Stevens he wouldn't talk about specific players but if the right deal came in for anybody um, the right money then they would have to consider it um, and that's always been the case anyway but um, so it'll be interesting really um, to see what does happen with, with Ben and whether you know, Wigan do come in. Of course, the, the link there with Wigan is is obviously Gregory Ock, um, who is academy manager at Wigan, and would have obviously looked after Ben when he was at Coventry um, as a youngster. So he knows all about him. So there is a you know a concrete um, link there. Um, and going back to Bayless, I just think that when Kelly is fully fit then that'll be the time that Robbins probably takes mm, Bayliss yeah. out for a little rest. Um, but because of what Bayliss offers going forward, which is arguably uh, more, he's more dynamic in that respect than Kelly, then you know it wouldn't surprise me if Bailey's involved um, you know, until the end of the season. You know, whether you know, they, they swap around or not, I don't know. I suppose it depends on, on injuries, I suppose. But he's certainly been impressive. And the thing that I liked about Bayless is his consistency you know I mean a lot of young kids sort of go in have a few good games and then take a dip in form but he just hasn't really done that you know he's just he's, his level of consistency has been, been excellent I mean certainly as well when you, I saw him playing the Stoke game against Premier League opposition it's not like Stoke played a weakened side particularly yeah. they, they were playing a full strength Premier League team and he, he took it took to it like a duck to water really because mm. Um, the way he just sort of moved, moved around the field and found passes um, left, right, and centre, he, he did did take it naturally. It looked like he'd been playing for more than four games or whatever yeah. it was at the time, yeah. um, and, and looked look like a natural, really. Yeah, it's all gone quite on the Jordan Willis front. Uh, again, going back to this time last year, he was all set for a move to Rotherham, as we know, we've been well documented. Um, went up for um, a medical up there, and it didn't happen. Um, that uh, the the plug was pulled on that particular deal, but um, so it'd be interesting, really. I mean, because you know, obviously he's such a big player for Coventry at the moment, but Coventry do have the luxury of Tom Davis, who is now keeping Rod McDonald out of the side. Um, so you know, while you need strength in depth, and you know, it only takes one injury for all of a sudden there to be sort of you know a crisis at the back. Um, but you know, you do wonder that if somebody did come in from Willis with the right money that whether the club would, would let him go. 
So I'd be interested to see what happens with that. But um, uh, in terms of loans out, um, I mean, I thought that Dion Kelly Evans was a bolt-on um, candidate to, to go out on loan until all of a sudden on, on Saturday he was back in the squad. <laughs> and I had to do a double take. I thought, I wonder whether they got a misprint, whether they misprinted Dion for Devon, you know. Um, Oh, I need to ask about it, actually because Devon seems to have fallen off the face of the earth. I don't know whether he's got an injury at the moment, but anyway, Dion was back in the side, and then of course he went on in the second half and did a really good job. I think it was sixty-five minutes or something like that. But he went on um, at right midfield on the, on the wing instead of Maguire Drew, which again I thought perhaps they have made a mistake, and perhaps it is Devon because he normally plays at fullback. Mm-hmm. Dion, um, but it was interesting because Robin said afterwards that. Um, you know that some players had been disgruntled by the fact that they hadn't been playing, um, but he said it was grow up time, and that um, he, you know, he cited Dion as a, as a prime example of a lad who, who who was now refocused and had proved himself. He'd done really well in their twenty threes, and did it. You know, he was outstanding on Saturday when he went on and did a job. Um, so it just shows you know that you know. One minute you can be out of the picture and all of a sudden that can change really quickly, can't it? Yeah, I think you're right. But I think <clears throat> you have to look at this in perspective in the sense that you know Coventry are a team that are doing quite well at the moment, although perhaps a little bit inconsistent. They are they are fighting for a promotion at the top of League Two. And I think Robbins would be quite reluctant to change significantly the starting lineup. If, you, you know, if you've got a team that's playing well, you're going to be quite reluctant to change that. So I think... Um, the players have got to put the, the working on the training ground to try and to try and show Robbins, which by the sounds of it, Kevin um, Kelly Evans has, has, has been doing in the last week or two. Um, but yeah, I think Robin, Robbins is reluctant to change a winning a winning team at the moment that's doing that's doing well. I mean, especially you take the Stoke game out of the equation, they're doing they're doing quite well in the league. Although I mean, they beat Swindon last week in quite a big game, playoff contention, playoff contending game. So I think. I think you got to you got to look at this in perspective. When you've got a winning side, it's, it's, it's difficult to change things dramatically. If we if you take this back to the end of last season, then I think Robbins potentially was would have been more reluctant to change this, to change the lineup mm-hmm. um, in in a search for a winning formula. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Dion has struggled getting the side because basically Jack Grimmer because he's been you know in excellent form since he joined in the summer. But you know, it only takes. You know, an injury to him, and all of a sudden, you know, he could play a vital part. You know, and um, you know, as he showed on Saturday, you know, he's got more than one string to his bow. Um, you know, and you know, the thing I love about the the, the Evan, Kelly Evans friends is, you know, they just um, they just fight tooth and nail for every ball, aren't they? You know, just sort of like little tigers. You know, they just um, they just give everything for for the shirt, which um, you know you can't ask for more than that. But anyway, so anyway, just um, you know, just a few more days left of the transfer window and closes next Wednesday. So fingers crossed, Robbins will get at least one more in and um, and that well that nobody goes out. Let's have fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. Thanks, Simon. Thank you.